We are The Table, and we are so glad you are taking time from your busy schedule to listen to this message. It is our hope that during the course of this message, you are inspired to move forward in life and faith. We welcome you, and thank you again for joining us. Amen. Now in the book of Numbers, the sixth chapter, starting at the 22nd verse, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you ought to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Anytime we ask for a blessing, we need to understand that that is a way that we are asking God for his divine favor. This blessing that we're singing about has five parts. Protection. That he sees our acts as pleasing. That he shows us mercy and compassion. That he shows favor and he gives peace. So whenever we ask for a blessing, or whenever we want to be blessed, this is what we are seeking. If I speak a blessing over you, I am asking God to protect you. When I speak a blessing over you, I am asking that he sees what you do and he is pleased by your works. When I am asking for a blessing over you, I'm asking that he shows you favor. I'm asking that he shows you mercy and that he grants you peace. I think sometimes we go about blessings and wanting blessings and wanting to be blessed. When somebody sneezes, we say, bless you. If you're from down south, when somebody do something you don't like, you say, oh, bless your heart. But I'm here to let you know and understand that when we want to be blessed and we want to see somebody blessed, when you want to start speaking blessings over your families, what you are after is so that God can protect them. What you are after when you are looking to be blessed and you want to be blessed, you are hoping that God sees what you do when he is pleased by your character. He's pleased by the words that come out of your mouth. He's pleased by your example. That you are hoping that he shows you mercy when you do not deserve it. That he shows you favor when you do not deserve it. That he gives you peace when all chaos is breaking loose. I'm telling you, when you sing about the blessing, when you are seeking the blessing and when you want to be blessed, you ought to start expecting that to be blessed is to have these things happening in your life and to God to see you just in this way. So as we sing amen, we are touching, we are agreeing that when we ask for God to bless us, we are expecting that he will deliver on the very thing that he said to Moses, bless you 
This is the blessing. Amen. sincerely want you to be blessed. Y'all look surprised by that. You should not be. I would hope that you wanted your pastor to sincerely want you to be blessed. But I need you to understand that you deserve to be blessed even when you don't deserve to be blessed because of the God that we serve. See, today, I think it is important. Oh, bless your name, God. I understand, I understand. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, have your way in this time that we have together. We desire to be blessed in everywhere that we go and everything that we do. Today, strengthen and deepen our understanding. As we spend these moments together, Holy Spirit, have your way. Open our minds and hearts. Allow us to focus. Allow us not to lose sight of why we are here, to bring, to bring you glory and have you guide and order our steps. May you be glorified in our time. Amen. Amen. And amen. Oh, man, today, for days to come and months and years, it is my desire that you and your families are truly blessed. Truly, truly blessed. That you are protected and you are shown favor. That you are loved. That you are guided. And that you realize that God has never left you nor forsaken you. That even when things around you try to take your focus away from him, that you know better. And you know, as the saying goes, when you know better, you what? You do better. See, Easter is right around the corner. 
and the thing that the Lord has been dealing with with me for the last couple of weeks is that we ought not forget about the cross. We cannot forget about the cross. I know on this commercial holiday, Reese's Cups are on sale. And I like Reese's Cups. No matter the shape or form, they can be eggs. Big eggs, little eggs. They can be in the shape of bunnies. Or just your classic rounds. But I didn't bring you here to talk about my love (laughs) for Reese's Cups. But I brought you here because Easter is another holiday that is Jesus-centric. In other words, that Jesus is right in the middle of, but the world wants to take our attention off of it. That all we do is talk about everything else, but unless you're sitting in church, some churches, you're not going to hear about the cross. But but I'm convicted to make sure that no matter what we do over this coming months, whether we have an egg packing parties, whether we have an Easter egg hunt, whether a bunny himself come hopping through the grass in front of our yard, I, I have to tell you that I cannot let us forget about the blood-stained, empty cross. Because Jesus did not stay where they tried to put him. And our mission here is to guide you into a forward-moving relationship with him. And I got news for you. In 2024, he has not stopped moving, and neither should you. I got to tell you, you got to keep your defenses up and your distractions down. I sent the message to our prayer group this week, and I said, guard yourselves, your families. Protect them and pray over them. Let us not forget about the cross. Our worship team, as we ended our run through this morning, I told them the same thing. Let us not forget about the cross. The cross is not symbolic of his death. The fact that it's empty is symbolic of his resurrection. I said and I, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, talking about wisdom, it's a principal thing. In Proverbs 4 and 7, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, wisdom is principal, so therefore get you some wisdom and in all you're getting, get an understanding. Don't just know some stuff. That's part of the problem right now. The world, we're in this information age, and guess what? Everybody knows some stuff and ain't got a clue what to do with it. Everybody know all this information and they got nothing, they don't have a clue what they're supposed to do with it. I love our kids, I love our young people, but they don't need us for information. They need us to process the information. They need us to understand the information. They need us to give them a lens in which to see the information through. I'm going to warn you that this this, this month, I don't care who it is, they come to you talking some nonsense. You tell them, hold on, wait. I'm focused on the cross. 
So before you even get started, I need to tell you, I'm putting all that in your Easter basket. And you can have it all back because I am focused on the cross. See, today I want you to be blessed. I do. I want you to be blessed. And that is why today I plan to share a message with you to protect you from yourself. I'm going to say that again. Some of y'all didn't like it. Because I so desperately want you to be blessed, and I plan to share a message with you to protect you from who? No, don't say yourself. No, no, I said yourself. So that means, let me face it this way. Myself. That's you. That's us. Amen. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. First, started at verse number 26. Familiar passage, yes, but this is the part that we often just throw out, throw in at the very end. And the word of God reads this, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, somebody say proclaim, the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty, someone say guilty, of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone, somebody say everyone, ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in the way, in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. Today, our subject matter is simply examine yourself. Examine yourself. Communion is a visible representation of symbolizing the death of Jesus, remembering his sacrifice until he returns. It is to remind us of what Christ did for our sins in the glorious hope of his return. And when we do it, it is supposed to be for us to strengthen our faith, to help us sustain until we see him again. Simply put, that's what communion is. And depending on your background, you partake in communion at different times in different ways. 
here, we typically take communion every week. I've gone to churches where we do communion once a month on first Sunday. I've been places where we do communion and we, here we have a, a cup. In this cup is a wafer and some juice. I've been places that you have a little cup of juice and a plate full of crackers. I've been to places where you get an English muffin and a big giant thing. I've been in places where communion is taken and everybody drink from the same cup. I've been to places where for communion you don't have grape juice, you got real wine that burns going down. Ooh, it's hot when you breathe. Whatever the way that you've taken communion, there's all sorts of ways. I, I even know that when the, in, the, in the word where it says this body, many of us have had different experiences about what the body means. Some of us believe that the bread and wine actually become Christ's physical body and blood as you take communion. There are some that believe the bread and the wine don't change at all, but Christ in spirit is present when you take it. Others believe that the bread and the wine just symbolize the body and the blood of Christ. Wherever you fall in that spectrum, as I look among you, when I said different things, I saw head nods. Then I looked at somebody else and they said, huh? Wherever you fall on this spectrum, on this spectrum Christians ought to all be on the same page about when you take and partake in Holy Communion, that you are acknowledging the fact that Christ gave of his body, he shed his blood, and it is because of that we have a resurrected Savior that has, has made peace with our sins, even though he was sinless. We should all be at the point that we understand what is happening, and when we do it, we all should be in the same frame of mind as we take it. But if we were, then why would the Apostle Paul deem it important to talk to the church of Corinth in the way that he does after the Lord's Supper? See, we have to understand that the Lord's Supper was given on the night of the Passover celebration, which is symbolic because we celebrated Passover to acknowledge the freedom from slavery in Egypt. So at the time that Jesus is with his compadres at the table and, and, and having this supper, the reason that this is important because he's trying to help them understand what he's about to do, and it is because he now is setting them free from the slavery of sin upon his pending death. But he's sitting there with them, so he is not dead yet. So he gives them this, and he's trying to get them in the right frame of mind so that they get an understanding. Communion ought to be that understanding of a reminder of what Jesus was about to do. 
as we approach Easter Sunday in a couple of weeks, we have to understand that this is the period of time that we're in right now. It's the same period leading up to the fact that one of these days, Jesus, his death is coming soon, and he's trying to prepare us to understand what he's up against. See, the point was for us to recognize the significance, and Paul says, each time you do this, do this in what? Remembrance of what I did. Now, I'm going to ask you something. And remember, I'm asking you to examine yourself. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to tell your business. I'm just going to ask you a question. Each time you take communion, do you internalize what Jesus Christ did for you? I'm not talking about every once in a I'm talking about each time. Each, each and every time you do it, do you have a moment where you pause and recognize what he's done for you and what it means? If we're going to be honest, I have to be honest back. There are days and times where because it's part of the service, I do it. So you don't have to tell your own truth, I'll tell mine. I've sat in seats just like you and I read on a program, oh, it's time for communion. Okay, I get in the line with everybody else. I get up there, I get my cup, I go back to, what time is it? The game coming on about there, man. Oh, man, we got to go. Come on now, you're dragging it out. How long we going to pray? I mean, we done prayed over the thing. And I slam it back like I'm at... I just drink it real fast is what I'm saying. (laughs) But if you're honest, most of us will say every single time you do it, you're not in a place of reflection. You're not in a place of repentance. You're, you're, You're not in a place of lamenting. You're not in a place that you're spiritually trying to connect with God each and every time. Paul warns the church of this. He he said, look. You, 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 you got to understand that even in the Passover celebration, he brings to their remembrance, hey, this is a problem because the Passover used to just be a celebration of being set free in Egypt and everybody used to remember why they did it, but then it became a time where it was just a reason to have a big old party and get drunk. I ain't lying. I'm just telling you, you read the book. If you read the book, you know I was telling you the truth. It's in 1 Corinthians 11. Go to verse number 21 and 22. He calls them out because he said, you used to do this, and it used to have meaning. But as soon as you lost the meaning, you start behaving in a way that you're taking for granted what it meant to be set free. So he calls them out to bring to their recollection another thing that God had done that they did not appreciate. Mm. Oh, man. So, So the text goes... The text tells us that as he's sitting there, he's trying to give them this warning. You cannot forget what it means. He says to the church of Corinth, look, dear church, the show must stop. See, there comes a point in your life, it comes a point in your individual life, and it comes a point in the life of the church where we got to stop playing. We've got to stop playing. 
with God. Somebody need to hear today you've been playing for too long. You've been playing for so long and you ought to be careful because it will catch up with you. You have to understand, if you're confused about something, we need to talk. If you got questions about something, you need to ask them. Stop walking around, playing like you get it, playing like you understand, going through the motions as if going through the motions is going to get you salvation. I want to help you today. This is not about it. I'm happy. I'm happy that, that, that you love this place. I'm happy that you think I'm a nice guy. I'm happy that you found some people to, 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 to crochet with or whatever y'all do in y'all free time. I'm happy that that's the case. But you know what would make me even more happy? It's if I knew that you were living and practicing what I preach. If, I, if we could take on the spirit of the Lord, wear that always, and that when we go into situations, we see the power of God moving so that his death is not in vain. I can't let you forget about the cross. There's a reason this is important. There's a reason... We talk to you about the journey study, and we say it, and we do it so nicely. We got all these cute graphics. Would you take a next step? Did you take a next step? That's as high as my voice can go. I can't, like, I'm trying to get into, like, that Sarah, Lily, Emily range. It just, can, it, can you take a next step? Can't, can't get there. Can't get there. But we talk about next steps, and, it's, and it sounds good, but we're not doing this just because it sounds good. I like that. Well played, sir. But they're there so that you can realize that our mission to move you forward is, has more to do with you and Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit than it does with me filling out a report to say we had 22 people take a next step. It is because we want to equip you so that you can get what you need because the risk is too great for you to be walking around playing safe, playing like you understand, and if you died today, you don't know where you would go. And you can't tell me there are not things out in the world that are confusing you. You can't tell me that when you're scrolling through IG, when you're on Facebook and you see people that you thought you knew and they hit you with something you never thought they would be saying. When people are sharing news for you and you don't know what to call this, or you can call it, you don't have no idea everything you thought was true. The world is shaking up. You can't tell me you're not confused by that. Here it is. The Apostle Paul is trying to get them to understand because in all they're getting, you better get you some wisdom and get some understanding. The Word of God says that communion is the new covenant. And I ask myself, what is the new covenant? And if we had one, why we need a new one? 
And maybe you better than me when I was starting my faith journey. Kudos to you. But there are some things that church people just said, and I felt like I was the only one in the room who didn't understand it. But I'm not going to raise my hand. And everybody else nodding. That new covenant something else, boy, I tell you. But this is what we do in this age of information. Nothing drives me crazier than no matter what you say to a person, they already knew it. Sometimes I make up stuff. Just to see if you're going to tell me you knew that already. <laughs> Not about the Bible. I wouldn't dare confuse you and play with you like that. But sometimes I say things, insignificant things, just to see if you're going to agree. I ain't been to the movies in years. So I'll just make up a movie. And y'all say, man, I would... Yeah, I did see that. I read something about that. But this is what we do. And when it comes to church, when it comes to understanding, when it comes to reading the Bible, when it comes to learning, we, we for whatever reason, we will sit here and pretend like we know, we pretend like we get it, and we really don't understand. See, communion is important in what it symbolizes. Why does Jesus have to die? Why does he need to be resurrected? This is important because before him, God, you could only get to God through priests and through these sacrificial measures and systems. And I got news for you, in 2024, the world would be all jacked up if that was still the rules. Because most of us don't take heed to authority most of us think we know everything that the experts know. And we got these people like vegans and vegetarians who won't even wear a coat of an animal. What if you had to kill one, burn it, to get in the presence of God? Some of y'all will be all messed up. I can't touch that. Eggs, what? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? There are things that didn't have anything to do, but if you wanted to get to God, you had to go by way of somebody else, or you had to find some way in this selfish world, in a world full of iPhones, iPads, iPods, and I everything else, that you had to sacrifice something of your own, of value to you to get to God. How many of y'all would have made it? So why is it important? Because that was a covenant that said that was a way, but this had to be something new that gave everybody a rea reality that you could get to God and have a personal relationship with him and speak to him for yourself, and your salvation became your own efforts and your own repentance. It became yours to determine how blessed you would be. It became your personal responsibility of building a relationship with him and accepting Christ as your savior and learn, deciding to live your life for him. It became yours. 
in this world, I don't know about you, but it ain't too many other people I won't represent are speaking for me. Could you imagine living in a world where everybody got something to say and some way to pop off and some opinion to share, and that was your own ticket into heaven because of what they had to say? Don't speak for me. I don't want no politicians speaking for me. I don't want no, I have the time, I don't want my mama speaking for me. Mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot the camera was on. Mama, I, that ain't, I love you. You know, we think, we like that. We think alike. We be having the same opinion. Some, I don't want her speaking for me. Because the, re, do you understand what I'm trying to get you to understand? It, it becomes a matter of you and your relationship. You've got to understand that this new covenant becomes an agreement between God and us. Now we can be direct with God. It was the fulfilling of a promise. Remember, when the Lord was sitting at the table, he was giving them this supper, the Lord's Supper, of what they should look forward to until he came back. See, his resurrection was the fulfillment of everything that the old covenant was looking forward to. To this sacrificial lamb, the body and the blood that was, that was slain, it was a fulfillment of God's promise to be reconciled back to mankind. This is critically important, y'all. We can't forget about the cross. You got to understand the fulfillment, the future hope. Do you understand that by eating the bread and drinking the cup, we acknowledge and remember Christ's death for us, individually us, individually you. This is not just a historical thing for historical context for somebody random. You got to be able to understand it. Put your name in that. Whatever your name is, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, whatever it is. That's a new edition reference in case, never mind, we'll do 80s and 90s R&B another day. But whatever your name is, you have to realize that when he went up on the cross, he did it specifically for you. That's how good of a God we serve. The word says he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you, April. He knew you, Ben. He knew you, Kendria. He knew you, Jeff. He knew you, Woody. He knew you, and he did it knowing you, and he still did it. It's acknowledging and remembering that Christ's death was for us, the future hope. And we renew our commitment to follow and serve him until he returns. There's a commitment here, y'all. That every single time we take communion, we got to take a second to pause and make it so personal. This is what Paul is warning against. If you don't make it personal, you will take for granted the very thing that he did to strengthen you day after day and week after week. Many of you, he says, are running around weak, sick, 
Or the word says, falling asleep. See, when you do it intentionally, you go to sleep. Oh, but when you, when you fall asleep, you intend to do one thing, and you just nod off, and then you wake up and say, I was, I, I, I was watching, I heard it. Because you're unaware that you fell asleep. Oh, man, I hope, man, I hope y'all getting this. Paul is saying if you don't recognize this each time, you are, go, you are weak because you think you have what you need to be strong. But you're taking it for granted, so you're not getting filled up the way you're supposed to be getting filled up. You're not getting that. That fire is not being rekindled each and every time because you don't realize what you're doing. And because you don't realize what you're doing, you think you're equipped because you can check off 52 Sundays of the year that you went to church or that you went on your prayer call at 6 a.m. And you think that's enough. But he gave us communion so that each time we do it, we do it in remembrance of the power that he gave us when he gave up his life. He says that you, you don't realize, you know it, but you don't understand it. See, we got to examine ourselves, y'all. He, he says that the more that you learn about yourself, you understand that you're coming under judgment. Well, look how God is working. It says that the judgment is your warning to examine yourself now before it's too late. So today you have been warned, but this warning is for your good. Why do I say that? Because in verse number 32 it says this, Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. See, sometimes God does things and allows things so that you will wake up from your sleep and correct it before it's too late. Many of us are trying to figure out, man, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And we're doing it on the surface but things keep happening. It's raining and the rain starts, turns into pouring. If it ain't one thing, it's another. If it's half a desert in this hand, it's six in this hand. You know how we do all this and it keeps snowballing and piling up and piling up. And you're saying, man, how come? That's because we know about God. We know of Jesus. But it's not a personal relationship. And there are things that continue to happen in our lives. That should be our warning call. That should be the thing that tells us, look, you got time to go deeper. And you need to go deeper before it's too late. Because when the final judgment comes, it may be too late. Because we don't know the day, the time, the hour. We don't know when he's going to return. We don't know. And since we don't know, since we don't know when our time is going to be up, you ought to do something now. See, I want you to be blessed. That's where we started, but I absolutely don't want you to be cursed, and that's why you need to know and understand. I want the Lord to show you compassion and favor. That he doesn't have to discipline you for something that you didn't know, but you should have known. 
So I stand before you giving you something that you ought to know. If you didn't know, now you know. If it's other things that you don't know, ask the question. The only dumb question there is is the one you don't ask. See, you got to explore. You got to go deeper. And if I don't know, we're going to find out together. But this is about your faith. This is about your journey. This is about your next step. So you got to get to a point, and I'm at the point, that as I learn, you learn. As the Lord reveals, I'm going to reveal. My prayer for you is that you become thirsty to know more. That you become unsettled about going through the motions. That you begin seeking out. That you begin to go to the next steps table like there's a line all the way back to the sanctuary. That when we close out, y'all run up out of here because you over there like, look. Where's my learning opportunities? I got questions. I need more. I got... That is my prayer because that commitment to learning more means that you are on your committed journey to getting closer to Jesus. See, we got to get this right, y'all. We got to stop playing with God. Because as for me and my house, as for us and this house, as for you and your house, you got to say, I will serve the Lord. How else you going to serve the Lord if you don't know where to get your directions from? How else you going to work for the kingdom if you don't even know what thus saith the Lord? But you need to be set free from the guilt that comes with not knowing. Don't let the enemy play you like that. The enemy will say, you've been in church for a long time. You should know that already. The enemy is a lie. But he going to try you. He going to try you. And as long as you, you better look, you better learn. Look, tell him. Look, man, I'm about to cross. I'm trying to understand the cross. I cannot forget the cross. I will not forget the cross. See, we need to learn to serve the Lord. We need to learn who he is and what he did for us. We're going to push ourselves because the risk is too great. What is at risk is eternal damnation. That's what's at risk. It can't be about membership. It can't be about uh, getting, only getting your next job. It can't be about getting through this critical year of school. It can't be just about uh, completing your master's program. It can't be just about conceiving a child. It can't be just about making it to retirement or, or, or getting a surgery done. It can't be just about that. Because he shows us evidence of his, of his goodness and his blessing and his favor. He shows you that so you can trust him for the bigger. But we stop there. And we think we know enough because we see him blessing us incrementally. But we serve a big God with a big plan in mind. It's our fault if we only take the minimum. It's our fault if we only ask him the little things. 
See, we got to see our sin on the cross. He didn't go there just because, by happenstance. He didn't do it like that. But we ought to examine and acknowledge. And then we ought to walk in righteousness. Before our lips touch another wafer, before we take another swig of that sweet grape juice, may we fully understand his journey to the cross. So we're not taking communion today. We're not going to take communion next week. We're going to walk this journey to the cross. We're going to take time to truly understand and reconcile, to truly think about the sins that we have never repented for. We're going to just take a moment to focus and spend time with Jesus. That is my challenge for you. And I'm going to do it for myself, and I encourage you to do it along, whatever that looks like for you. But instead of communion today, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to come down. And I'm going to just spend some time in prayer. Thanking Jesus for the sacrifice that he gave for me. So if you would like to do that, you can come here to the platform. You can stay in your seat. You can kneel in your chair. You can go to a corner. You can stay right where you are. You can look at your watch and wait to go home and for the baseball game. That's up to you. But I'm going to encourage you to examine yourself. truly understand his journey to the cross. This is the word of God today. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's message. We pray it moves you forward in your relationship with Jesus. If you are looking for a church home or in the area and want to visit, we are located at 1451 Black Road in Joliet, Illinois. You can also find and follow us by searching The Table Joliet online. We'd love to meet you and walk your faith journey with you. Thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you soon.